Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. What kind of community do you want? What is keeping us from making progress? Who do you trust to take action? These are three of the 10 questions that the 330 plus participants in United Way's Community Conversations Project answered in 2016. Participants from 70 zip codes, diverse in race and income level, and ranging in age from 12 to 95, shared their candid thoughts on what they see in their community each day when they walk out their front door. I'm here with Nicole Ingrisano, Vice President of Community Impact here at United Way. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Katie. So tell us a little bit about the Community Conversations Project. Why is this something that's so important? You know, it's it's so important um, for a number of reasons. One of the things I love about this project is that, you know, there's a lot of um, people that work at United Way that spend a good deal of time uh, working about, thinking about uh, the, the issues in the communities that we serve. But who better to really inform our work than the children and teens and adults who live in our in our four county area and experience the life firsthand every day, and so it's critical for us if we're going to be a forward moving, um, responsive, innovative United Way that we really listen to the community that we're here to serve. Out of these thirty conversations had with community members across Milwaukee, Waukesha, the whole area we serve, um, four themes kind of came out. First on our list of themes is violence and a violence free community. Can you tell us? What does violence mean? When I hear that, or when a lot of people hear that, they may think immediately of gun violence, but it's a, it's a very multifaceted issue. Can you kind of explain the, the different elements that go into this idea of violence? Absolutely, and if you ask people to define violence, you'll get a number of different um, definitions and perceptions, and some of them are historical and some of them are cultural. From our perspective, violence takes many forms, and we have to address all of those, whether it's interpersonal or intimate partner violence, um, whether or not it's violence against children, against minorities, hate crimes, violence that includes guns and other weapons. Anytime a person is threatened or harmed uh, through the use of physical force, we consider that to be violence. And we think about it um, pretty broadly for a reason. If we only focus on one type of violence or one um, approach to violence prevention, we're going to miss a lot of opportunities to really impact greater change. With violence, we don't need to ask why we thought this was a, a big theme. Um, let's talk a little bit more about United Way's role and kind of how we can move forward. So this is such an important issue, and one of the things I'm really proud of is that at United Way, we frame and consider and invest in um, programs that address and acknowledge that violence is really a public health issue. And this is an issue that uh, crosses community boundaries, that impacts people across demographics. And it's no surprise to us that it rose to the top as a theme, again, with a diverse set of participants in this process. So we've been considering our approach for a number of years um, and have and have done, you know, here and there, I would say, some, some small but thoughtful investments. But over the last year, we have really, I would say, picked up the pace in terms of uh, acknowledging the urgency and realizing that even if we don't have, um, you know, all the answers right now, we've got to start making some more significant investments and some more significant um, uh, 
decisions around how we address this issue. And so for United Way, we are, first of all, just incredibly blessed to have extraordinary corporate and civic and community partners that have significant um, expertise and knowledge in this space. And so as as we always do, we look to them to help inform our work and to figure out where are those gaps and where are those opportunities for us to connect the dots between resources. And so thanks to our wonderful partners at Aurora Healthcare, we have been able to um, both uh, through a matching gift and then through uh, donor uh, donations through last year's campaign, raise some additional funds that's going to allow us to invest more significantly into areas such as boys' exposure to sexual violence as well as human trafficking. So really thinking more broadly about what violence is, who the victims and survivors are of violence, and how we can best uh, address that. Um, I'm really, uh, I feel very lucky and fortunate to sit on the steering committee for the Office of Violence Prevention, working with the amazing uh, Reggie Moore to develop, again, with significant community input, a community uh, action violence prevention plan that's going to really make a difference. A lot of times, I mean, I think we are, we're all impatient. We think this is, we, we all want our community to be healthier, to be safer. And so we have a tendency as, as funders and as community members to start throwing stuff until it sticks. Um, and that's not, sometimes stuff sticks and that's a good thing. But what we really need is a long-term sustainable plan that's going to go both upstream and downstream. That's going to look at primary, secondary, and tertiary prevention. Um, that while we want to make sure that we address day-to-day uh, -day safety on the streets, we also have to invest in programs that are addressing root causes of violence and are acknowledging and addressing um, the impacts uh, and effects of violence across generations. And so we will very much look towards that plan to help inform our next series of investments. Moving on, our second theme um, is pretty broad, equity and inclusivity. Um, let's just start with what equity means. So, you know, equity is, it's its kind of the word of the of the year lately, I think. It's, it's a word that we're hearing more and more and we're using more and more. And we really talk about it here in very simple terms. Equality means that everybody gets the same thing. Equity means that people get what they need. There's an acknowledgement when you talk about equity that everybody isn't starting at the same rung on the ladder or on the same base if you prefer sports metaphors, right? The idea is that providing equal opportunity is not the same thing as providing opportunities that are tailored to where a person has started or what barriers they may be experiencing that others are not. And so I'm really happy that there seems to be a broader understanding of the concept and that it's being applied more and more with funding, with programming. Um, you're hearing this language both at a local and national level much more consistently. And I think that's really hopeful because I think it's it's a much bolder uh, and aggressive outcome to, to strive for than equality, quite frankly. A lot of the conversations participants talked about equity in terms of access to resources. Absolutely. And, and if I can just step back a little bit, because I find that the access to resources issue comes up a lot. And it seems maybe for some listeners or, or that that might just be a simple fix. Well, if there's if there's programs out there, doesn't everybody have the opportunity to use them? And I, so I think for us, we really have to consider, you know, the, the very basic things around where programs are located, how do folks get to those programs, are the staff at those programs um, trained to treat people from diverse populations with dignity and respect? 
and on and on. There's a whole list of things that make something really accessible. What's the cultural competence in the building? What is their capacity to serve uh, the shifting needs or shifting demographics of a, of, a, of a population? And so at United Way, we spend a great deal of time um, working with our uh, tremendous partner agencies to figure out, you know, what is it that they do well? What opportunities do they provide for clients and consumers to get served? And then if there's gaps, if there are needs in terms of cultural competency or capacity building, how can United Way help move resources in a way that strengthens uh, our very robust and, and skillful nonprofit community? And I think that's our role. The other thing I need to emphasize is is 211, which is an extraordinary entry point, uh, a phone number you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can talk to a real person or you can go online. But the point is they keep really, really up-to-date information about those resources and opportunities that are available uh, in this community. And it's, an, it's a national program. So much of the country is covered by 211. So even if you're not in Milwaukee County, if you call 211, there's a very good chance that you'll reach um, an operator or a resource specialist that can help you. Another big issue um, that does tie into equity and inclusivity, but also into a third theme, our theme of community connectedness. Um, Let's talk a little bit about racism and segregation. I think that's a theme that we've seen since we started doing community conversations uh, two, three years ago, um, and something that really feeds in to all of these themes and came up over and over again. Yeah, this is this is such a hard one because it's to your point. Uh, it, it comes up in every survey and every conversation, but I think there comes a point where you hear it and we're told to address it, and then people feel overwhelmed. My process and what I think we do at United Way is to really think about, I mean, understand and acknowledge the breadth and the depth of those issues, and then work really hard to understand pieces and opportunities to start making impact and change. One of the things that we do is really consider very carefully who and what we fund, making sure that the agencies that we support, the the many programs that are out there doing incredible work every day, that their level of, um, again, cultural competency and reach and their support for uh, the diverse members of this community is is authentic uh, and that we and that we support programs like that within our work uh, particularly in the areas of teen pregnancy prevention and infant mortality reduction we have to both acknowledge health disparities and quite frankly direct resources accordingly so while we know that many health issues and outcomes are shared across demographics, many are not. And the reality is that for people of color in our in our community, health disparities are enormous. The reality is that the outcomes of those illnesses for people of color are much worse than for white people almost across the board. There's exceptions, but it bears out in almost every at almost every data point. And so for United Way, we have to embrace the fact that we are an agency that crosses four counties, that provides services and opportunities across a, a pretty broad demographic, while also saying that we have to invest and support those programs that are really going to address um, what is what is you know, multiple generations now of inequitable outcomes. Can you elaborate at all on this issue of community connectedness? Um, Specifically, what we have on the report is 
you know, the aspiration is a community where people respect, know, and feel safe being friendly to one another. What are we doing here at United Way to, to make people feel more connected to their neighbors? It's a great question, isn't it? And I think we're living in, in, in times right now where this, this need for connectivity and kindness has never been greater. We live in a community where, to your earlier point, um, folks don't live with each other if they don't look like each other. And we have some historical um, issues and events that we need to acknowledge and, um, you know, I don't know if acceptance is possible, but at least come to terms with and move forward. And it's everyone's responsibility to connect. And one of the most challenging things I think is is a perception or a, maybe a, a lack of connectedness between the central city and the outer counties um, because we live in a state that is politically diverse and culturally diverse and that should be celebrated in some ways. It also has created some challenges when it comes to thinking of ourselves as part of a bigger story or, you know, I always use that, it's probably hokey, but I use it anyway as, as really pieces of the same quilt. And so when I talk about our community, I am talking about it more broadly. Um, whether I live in, in Waukesha or Ozaki or Milwaukee, I should care deeply about other people's children, even if they don't look like me. And so one of the responsibilities I feel that I have and that United Way has is to increase opportunities for people to learn about folks that don't look like them or that maybe worship differently from them or who come from a different perspective or a different background. So finally, um, our fourth theme, and these aren't in any particular order, but our last theme is something pretty simple, a clean and green community. So just... um, a community with safe green spaces that everyone can enjoy um, and where everybody works together to maintain the cleanliness and the the public spaces. Um, so can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. So this might be the the this might be recency bias on my part, but I've been um, involved in a number of extraordinary events over the last few weeks that really emphasize what incredible assets we have in this community working on this space um, around uh, urban farming and gardening, around um, you know the, the work that uh, Andre Lielas does uh, to create uh, a community block by block. Um, for United Way's perspective, this is not an area that we have a lot of um, investment in, but it is something that we're monitoring closely because in particular of its link to, uh, link with health and health outcomes, you know, things that sometimes um, some of us probably take for granted, like having open play space, having a playground where the kids can congregate that is safe and clean. Um, all of those not only contribute to health outcomes, but they also contribute to educational outcomes. And so what may seem as like a simple thing, like, oh, well, you know, it's a playground, really means so much more. When you talk about turning vacant spaces into gardens, you know, you're talking about improving nutrition overall. Improved nutrition has a host of of associated outcomes. And so where it might seem... um, simple from a, you know, what what are we talking about, parks and playgrounds? It's really a very big deal. We are incredibly blessed in Milwaukee County, and I I don't know as much about the other county park systems, so in this particular example, I'll just speak to Milwaukee's. We have a a nationally regarded park system. We have made it a priority in this community, and you can see that. 
But this is an issue that ties back to that idea of access and equity, which is that some of our beautiful spaces are either not located in areas um, where people feel they're accessible or have not always had the reputation of being accessible. And that's something we have to work on from a social justice lens, too. So when people talk about, you know, celebrating all the great community assets in all of our communities, you know, are those assets really accessible, really welcoming? Can people afford to use them? Are they safe? Do people who don't look like me feel comfortable there? All of these things that we really need to take into account, which is how all of these themes in my mind really tie together around being part of this one fabric and having a community where we we acknowledge and embrace differences and promote opportunities to celebrate those things that are the same, those things that bind us together as human beings. And that can happen in, in, in spaces and it can happen between people. And so, you know, to me the outcome of these of this year of conversations has really been some reinforcement of things we already knew, but also um, a bit of an eye-opener in terms of thinking about how, how all of these things really do, you know, the idea of connectivity and being a human being and being part of a community, all of these issues come back to that. And so, you know, what can United Way do as a funder, uh, as a member of this community, as a, as a group of people who live and work in this community do to make Milwaukee feel like home to everyone who lives here? Great. Well, Nicole Ingrisano, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thanks for having me, Katie. That was Nicole Ingrisano, Vice President of Community Impact at United Way, talking about the Community Conversations Project Year and Report and what this information means for United Way and the community as we plan for the future. To read the full 2016 Community Conversations Report, visit our website, unitedwaygmwc.org, and search Community Conversations. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction.